0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, I am Chris Yao, and this is the top of the 10 o'clock hour. We appreciate you guys joining us here on the show, WKOM 1017 FM, and on Facebook Live slash Twitter Live and everything else that we have. We are excited to be joined this morning by uh, George Plaster. George is going to talk a little bit about the the NFL draft and the Tennessee Titans and his thoughts on that. So, George, welcome in. We appreciate you coming on with us,
1: Chris. Absolutely. Hope you're well. Hope all the listeners are well.
0: Um, let's let's hope so. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what you were kind of going through last night as you were watching the draft. First of all, two hours to get to the 22nd pick is far too long.
1: It probably is. Um, Here's the thing. I don't think the NFL draft years ago was intended to be a television event. And obviously when that started to happen, There's the good and the bad. The good is that we all love it and we all, you know, sit around one night and, you know, it's an excuse to, you know, get some wings and and a beverage and kick back and and watch some form of football. The problem, you're right, is the time. But you also have to understand that the teams are in a scramble in certain situations. Some of the trades that went on last night when Chicago – Uh, moved up to get uh, Justin Fields, it takes some time. I I can't say I've ever been in an NFL draft room, but I think we can all imagine that it's a three-ring circus. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, no doubt. But that being said, there was no reason for the Jacksonville Jaguars to take 10 full minutes to pick uh, Trevor Lawrence, and they only took the full 10 minutes because – Television told them to.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I can't disagree with where you're going. And perhaps uh, smarter minds, a little bit like the baseball pitch clock, need to get in a room and say, look, if you know, do us a favor, do us a solid and get it over with and get it moving. Because the quicker it moves, the more the viewers like it. I, I can't disagree with you on that.
0: Yeah, it is what it is. We we all knew the first two picks what they were going to be. Uh, any surprise after that? Were you, were you surprised in anywhere else?
1: You know, I guess. Um, I, I guess deep down, I had thought Atlanta might trade their pick, but Pitts is such a beast. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that believe he's got the potential to be one of the all-time great tight ends that has ever walked the face of the earth. And so I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised. So I'll kind of leave it at that.
0: Yeah. I guess the biggest surprise to me was that it was Trey Lance to San Francisco rather than Justin Fields. But I I guess one in the same, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Um,
1: Well, I think it's a, Chris, I think it's a fascinating process because anybody who sits here and tells you, oh, I absolutely know. No, you don't. Nobody knows. Only God would know for sure. And, um, you know, in that process, a lot of this is very little more than a flip of a coin. We don't know. uh, For instance, let, let me take one from two or three years ago. Most of us who watched Lamar Jackson, we all knew that the guy really has running ability. I mean, Helen Keller could figure that out. <laughs> but when I watched him, when I watched him throw, he's got that little sidearm flip like Vince Young used to have. And coming out of college, he was not very accurate. Now some people would argue, well, he still had some of the same stuff on the pro level but he's also had a heck of a career early. And so when you try to, you know, watch this stuff and, and project to the future, you know, you might as well be flipping a coin.
0: No doubt. Uh, the Raiders doing Raider things, taking a guy that was graded mid-second round in the first. Uh, <laughs> and Travis Etienne to the Jaguars. You already have a running back. What, what, what are they doing? <laughs> Other than trying to help the Titans, apparently.
1: Well, it sounds to me like there might be a trade in the works somewhere Uh, in that deal.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: I mean, you never know. Um, The other thing is it seems like Urban Meyer early, uh, you know, obviously Lawrence appears to be a guy that you pencil in for the next 15 years. But it also seems like with that pick, If it's not a trade, it's Urban Meyer saying, I'm going to draft to the programs that have been winning, the Alabamas, the Ohio State, the Clemsons. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues in days two and three.
0: Yeah, them and everybody else. Six Crimson Titers go last night in the first round. That was not at all surprising for most people, I don't think. And I think Najee Harris will be a great stealer. Fits that program really well.
1: I agree with you. You know, when when you use that term, six first round draft picks. I mean, that is startling. Oh, it's it's absolutely insane. And it speaks to the level of recruiting that they're able to do at Alabama. And I guess recruiting is the wrong word because I think Nick Saban has been there now long enough. He's selecting. He's not really recruiting. Mm-hmm. And that really separates him from about ninety five percent of the programs around the country.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And and that's not that's not it. Out of that twenty seventeen class, two first rounders last year. So eight first rounders out of his twenty seventeen class.
1: It, it's just, I mean, it's incredible. It's, I mean, when you hear that stat, you're like, my God, how in the world could any group amass that? The answer is Nick Saban has, and you look at it in the national title game, they basically were four touchdowns better Mm -hmm. than the team they played in the national title. It was over by the middle of the second quarter. You know, it's not the only time it's ever happened, but the gap between Alabama and the rest of the field last year was almost embarrassing.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Speaking with George Plaster on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Uh, let's talk, let's kind of get into the Titans now because the Titans go with uh, one of the one of the four or five players I think everybody kind of had on their board. And I think Caleb Farley is a good pick, but it doesn't come without some risk. And this is not, this kind of seems to be uh John Robinson's M.O., risky picks in the first round?
1: Sure does. Um, I thought he would really play it safe uh, off of what happened with Isaiah Wilson a year ago. I thought he would draft, you know, as best he could a terrific player, but also something that would approach a choir boy. I say that. With Farley, some of this is medical um, you know hopefully they know what they're doing in this deal um i will say this uh, robinson's not afraid to take a risk is he
0: <laughs> not at all he he has zero uh issue with putting his his job in the hands of somebody with an injury i mean my goodness you you think back to jeffrey simmons and, and it worked out well and perhaps this is Jeffrey Simmons 2.0, and and I, and I think it very well could be. I mean, Caleb Farley is a very, very good player.
1: There's no doubt about that part of it. Uh, if you watch some of his Virginia Tech stuff, it's really impressive. Uh, there's certainly a need with the Titans. Uh, they addressed a need last night, and hopefully – their attempt to address it is the right thing. Now you kind of say, okay, wide receiver, offensive line, I still believe they better go get themselves a quarterback. Um, You know, where Robinson would really leave himself open to some serious criticism, God forbid that Ryan Tannehill has something like a season-ending injury, but is anybody really comfortable with Logan Woodside? And I don't mean that. Totally be critical of the young man because the fact of it is, none of us know. We've never really seen him. They've seen him for the most part in practice and these meaningless preseason games. But I don't know about you. That's not quite the insurance policy I think they need to have as a team that, you know, is a legitimate contender to get to the playoffs and maybe make a run in the postseason.
0: Yeah. I mean, Logan Woodside was fantastic in the AAF, but that didn't last very long for anybody. So, I mean, you can't – and then you you go look at a guy who was probably the most prolific quarterback in that league, and he couldn't couldn't do anything for Washington. Now, that's Washington, but neither here nor there. Uh, So, yeah, you're right. I I think they certainly need somebody uh, to fill a backup role more than Logan Woodside. And perhaps they're just going to say, hey, you know, if – we get to a situation where we've got to have a quarterback and Ryan goes down we'll make we'll worry about that when we get there and try to trade uh because i mean there is a player out there who is available and could step in and be serviceable as a backup um that's not doing anything you, out in Las Vegas uh who are you thinking of <laughs> Marcus Mariota
1: Yeah I that mean ship it's say
0: you say that but i mean if if there's a if there is a season ending injury i mean that's a guy that you could trade for
1: uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one <laughs> um you know I, I mean you're right have have players ever played for the same team more than once absolutely uh, so i mean when i give what was kind of a flippant answer do I have any proof that they wouldn't go there absolutely not um, I'm just I'm just going on a hunch there that that ship has sailed. But the the bottom line of the thing is, are they going to take a sixth or a seventh round pick and try to go get a quarterback that you know maybe gives Logan Woodside some competition? Here's the thing: I'm sitting here babbling. I'm sitting here outside a post office babbling about something I really don't know. Uh, as well as they do, they're the ones that have been able to see him in practice. Sure, we've seen him in games, which doesn't tell us a damn thing. So um, it, it's kind of a dicey deal.
0: Oh, there's no doubt, I, and I, yeah, sure, a late round, a late round pick to go get a guy, you know, who. who there's no, I mean, th- there are so many options out there. There are 121 FBS teams and another 100 FCS teams, so. There's plenty of folks out there who can play quarterback at the, at the sixth and seventh-round level and maybe give your backup a, you know, some competition. I, I don't see any reason there. In the second round, though, you have to – I mean, tonight you've got to hope that you can get a wide receiver that can step in and play immediately, right? That's what
1: I think. Um, when, when they lost Corey Davis, that to me signaled, okay – this has got to be one of the top two or three priorities in the draft. I mean, I would assume it'll be a second-round pick, but they may look at the board and say, you know what, here's another need and we can go get that receiver in the third. Um, That's the way I would assume they'll go tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would assume that. (laughs) Um, But I've got to – here's my thing. And we talked with Teresa Walker earlier this week about this. There's a guy out there who has a similar size build to Corey Davis, who we've seen play in the Southeastern Conference, but because of his detrimental quarterback situation, we don't know how good Josh Palmer out of Tennessee is. But on the physical side, this guy looks like he is perfect for the Titans system.
1: And that, to me, is what is so interesting about trying to project. Because here's a kid that's got unbelievable athletic ability. But you're right, their quarterback situation a year ago at the University of Tennessee makes it very difficult to try to project what he really is. And so, you know, it's the beauty of the draft. I mean, you know, four million people didn't think Tom Brady was any good back then. <laughs> what did the guy last to the sixth round? Yep. I mean, these are people that are paid to sit there all day every day in front of a computer and scour through all this different stuff. And they none of them thought Brady was worth a damn. And, you know, he's turned out to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And so when all of us sit here and babble all this stuff, are they a hundred percent right? No, they have more information than we do, but oftentimes that doesn't mean anything. And Brady is the poster child of that.
0: There's no doubt there, and uh, Isaiah Wilson is the poster child for that. I mean, it, it, on the other side of that, that spectrum.
1: Well, let me say let me say this about the uh, Isaiah Wilson thing because I think Robinson has gotten off pretty easy in this deal he really has not come under the kind of criticism that I think in some cities he would the, the whole concept that you know there was nothing there that would lead you to believe anything yeah there was there were there were college coaches who were discussing his level of maturity now I'm not saying that you back away from taking him at some point but they really stretched to make him a first-round pick, and it blew up in their face. And the thing you worry about is when you bomb on a first-round draft pick, and in particular when you know it less than a year later that you've got to get rid of him, That, that there's a detrimental effect to your franchise because first-round draft picks are supposedly like gold. And on that one, Robinson and that, that scouting staff they didn't do a very good job, and and you know it warrants some criticism.
0: Fool's gold, there it is.
1: Oh man, George, a little bit like gifts, a little bit like gifts to the people,
0: <laughs> right, George? We are uh, coming up against a break, but I do want to thank you for taking some time out this morning to join us here on the show, and we appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you here soon. Uh, we won't even talk about the Braves uh, because. They didn't even play last night.
1: They did play. They no, no, they didn't. didn't. play. Well, <laughs> let, let, let me say this. They played. They didn't pitch. <laughs> uh,
0: but at, at least Ozuna got another homer, so we'll take that. Yeah. Anyway, George, thanks. We appreciate it, man.
1: Absolutely. Anytime, Chris. Take care.
0: All right. George Plaster on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. When we return, more draft analysis On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there. And they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, along with Coach Mike on the controls, and Andrew Moore in the house. Glad to have you with us today, Andrew. I'm
2: sitting in the uh, Hall of Famer
0: seat. Today. You are in the this Hall of Famer nice. seat, so, you know, it's keeping nice. it warm, keeping yeah. it warm. It might rub off on you. You never know. never know. We enjoyed that con- that conversation with George Plaster. He was always fun to talk to. Um, <laughs> yes, my Mariota comment was kind of goofy, but... I
3: liked his, uh, his response. diplomatic response. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure exactly. that's not quite what he wanted to say.
0: Yeah. There ain't a snowball's chance in... <laughs> But it was Jamaica.
3: It was very diplomatic. I, I thought it was. I thought it was good.
0: <laughs> uh, Andrew, uh, surprises last night for you? Did you see, did you see anything that just blew you away?
2: There were a few surprises. I think. Uh, let me pull the list up here. Um, not that it's really that surprising, but it was Trey Lance going to San Francisco. I thought that was the most big surprise to me um, too. I
0: thought Fields was the guy there.
2: See, I thought Mac Jones was. Slotted in there. Um, of course, he falls to New England, which I think is a
0: Perfect good, spot, good for spot
2: for him. Um, I think maybe since he passing over Sewell, um, I hope Joe Burrow enjoys his ACLs while he has them because um, they could not protect him last year. Wide receivers are important, but so is protecting your quarterback. Games are win- won in the trenches. Um, I think the best pick might have been Justin Fields going to Chicago. Yeah, who have absolutely. Struggled for a long time to find a franchise quarterback. In my lifetime, Jay Cutler has been their <laughs> best franchise quarterback. If that tells you anything.
0: I mean, they weren't going to not get a guy who could give them the athletic ability that they passed over of Deshaun Watson
2: and Patrick right? Mahomes. And Patrick, year. but yeah. yeah,
0: I mean. Let's be honest. They just weren't going to do it.
2: And then they failed to get Russ Wilson this with the trade this offseason. Justin Fields, exciting pick. Um, and there's talent in Chicago. There's there's a lot of talent. There's games to be won there. Um,
0: they went to the playoffs last year. Did they go to the playoffs last year? Didn't they or did play they New, or New, New Orleans? Or was that in 70, that week 17?
2: Been, I think they might have just missed out on the playoffs. I okay. think. No, because Washington won the division
0: last year. I don't remember. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't either. I guess uh but yeah, I mean Google, where are you when we need right. you? So, I mean, yeah. And <laughs> if um but I, I know they were they were close um if, if they didn't make it. I say it came right down to the No, they were the seventh seed. They were a wild card. Okay. They okay. played New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. And when uh was it Jimmy, who, who, the tight end that caught the touchdown pass and just ran through the tunnel as as the game ended? For Chicago. For Chicago. Uh, I guess that's Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Graham. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he catched a touchdown pass and just left. Like, the game was over. He just w- ran through the tunnel. <laughs> it was great. Anyway. um, But, yeah, so that, I mean, that's a team that just got a lot better. Yes. And, and and that's scary for uh the NFC North, especially when you've got turmoil oh, yeah. boiling in oh, Green yeah, Bay. Yeah. Uh what about that? Talk about stealing the headlines on draft day. Oh, man
2: And I think it's been coming for a few years now. It's just been boiling and boiling. And uh
0: For those who don't know what we're talking about, Aaron Rodgers warming, has basically yes. said I don't want to play for Green Bay anymore. No. So
2: Which which is
3: funny because or not funny, but interesting. The last time I had really paid attention to anything like that. They said that he and his coach were getting along fine. Or getting I, don't along the, I don't think it's the coach's issue. I
0: don't think it's the coach's issue at all.
2: Okay. Of course, I mean, uh, I heard Jeopardy's paying like $30 million where you don't get hit by men <laughs> twice your size. It. You're not running you, for your you're, life. You're, yeah, and so. he was pretty good at it, too. <laughs> yeah, you know he was. Yeah.
0: So, it's funny because somebody said that uh, – that he was going to demand a trade to San Francisco and make them give up all their draft picks for him, and then promptly retire as a as payback for not taking him in the draft.
2: <laughs> See, there was a tweet out yesterday uh, from uh, some guy in uh, Denver, St. Mark Schlereth, um, who used to work for ESPN. And I think works for Fox Sports now, saying that uh deal f- deal for the Broncos to uh, Aaron Rodgers is as close to done as it gets. So passed over a quarterback yesterday. Well, they, Maybe passed over,
0: they passed over a quarterback from what I was, and, and this is strictly from a tweet that from a guy I trust with sources. Mm. They cooled on the quarterback after getting Bridgewater. They really think Bridgewater can be the guy. Now, if you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you take Aaron Rodgers. Yes. But they think Bridgewater can be the guy. He's not terrible. Um, I think Bridgewater played – Teddy Bridgewater was 7-0 at, Racking up Drew Brees yes. in, in New yeah. Orleans didn't play badly no. in Minnesota. Was nope. pretty good. I think he can be a guy. He just hasn't had an opportunity. Carolina, you can't put that on mm-hmm. him with Christian McCaffrey out.
2: He's he's stable, which is probably the most important thing for a quarterback to be. He's stable. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes in the
0: National Football League. That is a huge yes. deal.
2: Yes. So then, I mean, what do you do with Drew Lock now? Do you uh...
0: Do you keep him? him,
2: Do you uh, put him on the bench? Do you 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 trade him? him?
0: Let him chill. Yeah. I mean, yes, Drew Locke is a fantastic passer. Yeah. But Teddy Bridgewater gives you so much more. Uh And Drew Locke, by the way, who was coached by Josh Heupel. Um, There we go. (laughs) Speaking of Tennessee, we'll get to that in the next segment because I got something to say. Uh you're going to stick around for that, trust me. Um, but yeah, this draft just seems a little. I thought there were a lot of surprises in, again, the Raiders taking Alex Leatherwood, which oh my is gosh. is. I'm not sure which is a bigger surprise. I, I I think this is a a a normal Raiders pick, right? I mean, they they always do this. There's under Mike Mayock. They, well, in their history, well. They took Sebastian Janikowski with a first-round pick, for goodness sake.
2: Ended up being one of the better kickers. In
0: He's NFL not a first-rounder, though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey,
2: um, that's a lot of money for a kicker. It is.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, how about the Cowboys taking a position they actually need?
2: I think it was a good yeah. pick. It was a I great
0: pick.
3: That could be huge. Which
0: is wild to me.
3: Man. <laughs> of course, all the commentary was, was that as soon as the, the – Team ahead of them picked Oh
0: Patrick Sertan? Sertan.
3: It was kinda like oh, they were Dallas was kinda scrambled and like, whoa no, no, no. We, now We gotta, yeah, we gotta I, back up and think about this. I a
0: don't think bit. they had any I don't think anybody in Dallas's war room thought Patrick Sertan was going to be there. there. They were they were hoping that you know, but I mean, and he was going to be their number one guy if he was there. They would have they would have turned the pick in in thirty seconds yeah, if Patrick right. Sertan had been on on the board. But uh, they knew he wasn't going to be there. So, there, great pick mm-hmm. by uh, by Chicago. Yep. Great pick by Dallas. Yep. I I think Mac Jones is a good pick. Of course, the Iron Bowl of quarterback competitions now begins, as you have yep. Jared Stidham, Cam That's Newton, right. yeah. and Mac Jones. Yep. <laughs> So two Auburn guys and that an Alabama guy vying for that uh, that starting quarterback role, and you know Mac spelled backwards is Cam. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 but uh, let's go over let, let's go over the Titans' <clears throat> decision to take Caleb Farley, grading A through F. Give it a grade. Right now, no more information than you currently have.
2: A solid B. High risk, but also could very be an a high plus. reward. Very high reward if he's comes back and he's ready to go. Yeah.
0: Could um, be an A plus, could be a D minus.
2: Well, without the injury, he maybe goes before JC Horn. Maybe yeah. he goes before Sertain. Uh it's just that injury that 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 of course back injuries are pretty serious um
3: yeah when you're pounding you know you're hitting with shoulders and yes. compre- like he said compressing physical that spine physical all the time. game but the, the man's uh,
2: the man's an athlete he played yeah. quarterback in high school, made the transition to wide receiver in college, had an ACL tear, then transitioned again to cornerback, had never played cornerback in his life and ended up being in this year's draft one of the most complete all around cornerbacks
0: dude's fantastic
2: he is an athlete.
0: I love it. Yeah. I, I love the pick. I think it's going to be because you couldn't have gotten him in the second round. No, so you might as well take him now. Here, let let's let me just give you this this lineup because right. you're going to love this. Bud Dupree, Harold Landry on the edge, Jeffrey Simmons and Nico Autry mm-hmm. in the middle, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans at linebacker, Janoris Jenkins, Caleb Farley, Christian Fulton. At cornerback, Kevin Byard and Imani Hooker.
2: That's a pretty good defense. That's a solid solid, on-paper defense, yes. (laughs) On-paper. That's a a great comment. (laughs) Because even last year, I thought we had a solid on-paper defense. And, I mean, we kind of saw how that went last year. But this this defense this year is going to be a lot better than the defense we had last year.
0: I think so, too. Younger,
2: stronger, faster.
0: This is a defense that can – that can give you an opportunity mm-hmm. to to win football games. And the best part about it is you already are trying to shorten games as it right. is with your run yep. game. Yep.
3: I think when they and they talk about it being a risky pick, you know, his the the risk this time is back to the kind of the Jeffrey Simmons risk. It wasn't a risk about the person. It was it's a risk about the injury. It's a risk mm-hmm. about the can we fix this in time for him to yeah. be at 100%? Once we get him physically 100%, we don't have to worry about the person. The risk last year was in the person, not in the physical capabilities. Correct. And so you see that, and I, I think um, Robinson's a lot more confident about, hey, we can fix the physical and yeah, I don't yeah. have to fix I don't have to fix the person. I His tried mental. that last year and we messed up. We, I mean, we they, you know, it didn't work. They so liked now, what they heard
2: from the right. Titans medical staff. They liked what they heard from Virginia Tech's medical right. staff.
3: So it's it's yeah, it's very doable, mm-hmm. you know, it's very workable, and we're getting a good you yes. know, we're getting a good player, we're getting a great player and a good person That's on good. top of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not nearly the the risk that last year's draft great. was where yeah, we got a good physical specimen. You know, he's he's you know, big, solid guy, stuff like that, but Upstairs is yep. a little bit shaky, See, and
2: you know, I, we can't I, fix shaky up there. I don't think they take Farley last night unless they are absolutely certain that his medical report is, is positive That's and that he's right. going to be ready to go by maybe week one, week two at the latest. Reports kind of showing now that he could be ready for training camp uh, in a couple months. So it's a high risk, high reward, um, already a better first-round draft pick than last year, which is yeah. a win.
0: All right, so, best three, top three draft picks of the day.
2: Justin Fields, number one. Number one. My my absolute favorite. I think, um, where is it, Devontae Smith to the Eagles is going to help them out a lot. They've struggled to find a, a, a wide receiver one, really, since trading Deshaun Jackson the first time a couple years ago. Um and I think I mean just Kyle Pitts is a home run. Um he's he's listed as a man's not a tight end. He's not. he's he's just he's he's everything. A, he's, everything. he's an athlete, he's a monster. Um and uh Najee Harris to Pittsburgh. That's just I feel like that's just a Pittsburgh move. I think that's going to I mean, let me just say this. I hate Pittsburgh. Can't stand the Steelers. But objectively looking at it, Smart, Harris. Moves, yes. Yes. Smart move on their part. I think that's going to help them out a lot.
0: All right. Worst three picks.
2: Okay. Uh, let me find it on here. Uh, All consensus right now falls the, on Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I would say the Raiders, That I, I did not like that pick. Um,
0: Alex Leatherwood is in my top three, but he's not my number one.
2: I don't know how I feel about Zach Wilson. I don't think it was a bad pick. I just don't know how confident I am with him going You're to not, New York.
0: Wait, wait, wait! You're not confident in a guy who was one in seven against non G five competition. Or I'm sorry, it was zero oh and five against non G five competition and one touchdown, seven picks. No, how, how can you not be confident in that guy?
2: I think he has all the talent in the world, but
0: <laughs> I just don't understand how could you How could you question that?
2: But it's also the Jets, and we've awful. had yeah. this we've had this conversation She's before. He's awful. Um, I don't know. Let me throw one more out there. Um, here we go. Uh, it, the the running back from Clemson okay. that, I, that I Jacksonville to took—that's
0: number one. If Travis uh, Etienne is not the worst pick in the man. first round, jeez, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense no. to me. I mean, there are so there are so many things you could do with that right there, mm-hmm. and you pick a running back when you already have one. You already have a running back.
2: Who, in his first season, dominant in the rough, is already maybe a top five running back in the league, you don't just need based on production one. last year. So that uh, I think that could be my my, my three right there. I
0: like that. Uh, <clears throat> I liked I liked Miami's draft. I think their oh, yeah. first two, Jalen Waddle and uh, and Jalen Phillips, were mm-hmm. fantastic picks. Well done. Uh, it's going to be interesting day two. So yes, it is. I think it's
3: also kind of interesting, Urban uh, Myers, when he using his two picks to pick teammates. Right. You know, already a familiarity there mm-hmm. as far as what we you know, you know the the big word chemistry yeah. that they talk about. Now he's already got two guys, two offensive production mm-hmm. guys that have that chemistry that they've developed in at Clemson. Yeah. Uh, Help your yeah, young quarterback yeah. out
2: as much as you can. Yeah, that, I mean, that Give him somebody
3: he's comfortable with. That might be he the knows.
2: only way it makes sense is just yeah. because he, he knows them, he's comfortable with them, he's had and, success and, and with them. And the them. guy can be productive. <laughs> he could be, but like I said, I you already have some good running backs down there in Jacksonville already. Why are you using a first-round pick on another running back?
0: It doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, rounds two and three tonight on ESPN, starting at 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, make sure to check it out. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the Braves a little bit. Apparently, there are some folks who think that the Nashville Predators goaltender has uh, made a case for a pretty big award. And I got something to say regarding Tennessee athletics. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. If you've listened
3: to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
0: school sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today welcome back into the show 14 minutes to the top of the hour here on southern middle tennessee sports they presented by mid tennessee bone and joint i'm chris Yao, joined by andrew moore and coach mike on the controls it's going to be a fun last segment yeah it's going to be a fun one all right let's first talk about this the Understandably that this is please understand this is the Pred's S B Nation page. Okay, so this is this is a homer pick. But this S B Nation says UZ Soros has made a pretty good argument to potentially take home the Vizina trophy. As the best goaltender in the, in the National Hockey League. Now, I, I can't imagine that he would win. Right. It. But after starting the year 3-5 and five, and Pekka having a pretty good start yeah. to the year, a lot of folks were like, maybe this guy's not, not the guy. Maybe Pekka is the guy. Now, since March 18th, coming off of an injury – Soros is 13 5 1 and a 9 4 2 save percentage. That's insane. Insane. Uh, now, granted, the Preds were playing the bottom half of the division.
3: It's most of that. NHL hockey. Most (laughs) of that.
0: But he gave up seven goals against Florida the other night, right? And still save 49 shots. That's the that's, fourth that's, most in, in franchise history.
2: That's ridiculous.
0: That's, that's ridiculous. Yes.
3: Well, ridiculous not just in the positive sense. It's also ridiculous in the fact that the Preds cannot play defense in front of him right, right now.
0: Exactly. And hmm. he, in the 6-1 to one loss, um, four of those goals were just dunks. I mean there were breakaways. Mm. And I in the 7 to 4 loss I saw him save a couple breakaways. So it's not like it, the Predators have zero aggressiveness on defense whatsoever. They are the aggressiveness of the Predators defense left with PK Subban. Yep. Gone. He took it with him. I don't know why, I don't know how, I don't know what, but he took it with him. All right, so there's just no aggressiveness there. That's one of two issues, and i had this I had this argument with a, a female hockey fan on Twitter the other day who blamed the players, and yes, that's probably accurate to a degree. I think you also have to blame just got a ten dollar bonus gift card from Jefferson's if you buy fifty in an email anyway two reasons you don't play hard. You either were misidentified by the GM David Poyle, or you don't want to play for your coach John Hines. So the root issue is not necessarily the players. I think the root issue is in the front office and potentially on the side, in, in the box. I just don't know how to fix it. I don't know if I don't know if it's time for David Poyle to go.
2: That was the big argument with fans earlier in the year, especially when we were losing.
3: I was gonna say lot, while yeah. while you're losing right. and stuff like that, that that argument becomes a lot easier right. to make now that they've kind of righted the ship. Yes. In a sense. Uh with injured the argument players, gets a little bit yeah. It,
2: players out, you know, and they're 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 finding these last several weeks, finding ways to win. Yeah. Um I don't know. I is it time to move on from Poyle? I know he's been grooming his his son. The last several years.
0: It would be really, it would be really sad if David Poyle gets fired the same summer he gets inducted into the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That would be ironic.
3: Yeah. Not a, not a good, not a good look. (laughs) Anyway.
2: So, I mean, you finish strong, maybe make the playoffs, buys him another year. So,
0: he's not going to win the Vizina, but.
2: It's still fun to talk about. He's the third yeah.
0: best goaltender yeah. in the league right now, a safe percentage. Mm. So he's with getting it, hot at the right with time. With a minimum of twenty games. And
3: he's getting Play. hot at the right time.
0: That's yeah. true. That's mm. that's, that's true. the
3: it's timing. Playoffs, timing is everything. You know, getting ready for the playoffs. It's it's all timing.
0: Now. Now is time to talk about some trash can juice. And it is 100% on Danny White, the athletics director at Tennessee, who needs to shut his mouth. In an interview yesterday, he was asked how important is it that the volume of donors increases, and it's not that you are asking the top five for 10% for more. They need everybody to donate, not just the top five or 10%, right? Right. He said it's really important. One of the things I have noticed as a challenge, and I knew about it coming in, but it's probably a new challenge for me, is some of the negativity of our fan base. I think some of that probably is bred from the fact in a broad-based way we are not asking them to be participants. Okay, so first of all, Tennessee gets a lot of donations mm-hmm. from just random people who have never been To school there a ton. All right. But if you don't think this fan base deserves to be negative after what we've gone through over the last 15 years, you are completely out of touch with reality. And if you want to talk about the negativity, if you want to fix the negativity, do you know how to fix it? You shut up and do your job. You win football games, you hire somebody to win football games, you hire somebody to win women's basketball games, or let Kelly Harper do her thing. They've done that. Have you seen the the women's basketball staff right now? They went and got Eastern Kentucky's head coach, who's now on the staff. Tennessee women's basketball is on the verge of making a run to be back to the top of the Southeastern Conference. Okay?
3: Back to the summit level.
0: Not there, but <laughs> I, because mainly because there's just too many really good teams.
3: I was gonna say there's the, there's the a lot of more parity. Right, the, the level of competition is a but big deal.
0: This guy talking about shut up and give me money. Nah, bro. Mm-mm.
3: Well, that's to me. You know, you sit here and you blame the fans, and then okay, by the way, I need ten more. You know, I need more money out of you. You know, you're you're my problem, but I need more money out of you.
0: And he that, thinks that's, that's, that's going to that, fix it. That's not going to be the not way to gonna get, gonna get more fix money. <laughs> it. But money's not going to fix the problem. Money doesn't win you football games.
3: But if that's his approach, how's he approaching the other problems as well?
0: It, clearly not well.
3: Yeah, right. Uh, I, I'm not disagreeing with you I just, at the same time.
0: I'm just sick of athletics directors at Tennessee blaming Tennessee fans for their shortcomings.
2: All we want to do is see them win. That's it. That's what we want.
0: <laughs> and if you want to go out and hire Greg Schiano, we're not going to let you do it. No. You
3: know, there's an old adage, and it still is true. Winning cures a lot Everything. of ills, And, in, and yeah. then losing exposes a lot of ills, And now, so, you know, you you want to get the fans off your back? Win some games, and win the right ones.
0: Exactly, you you've got to beat Florida, Georgia, Alabama on occasion, mm-hmm.
3: and you've got to stomp Georgia State. Yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't lose to them. You've and got to stomp them. Man. And I
0: understand. I mean, I understand. Like we made a bad hire. Mm-hmm. Pruitt was a bad hire. Pruitt was mainly a bad hire because he's he he's not Nick Saban. He's Nick Saban light, and Nick Saban light can't win. Against Georgia State
3: or even well, honestly, if Nick Saban's not winning, he's run out on a rail. Sure, because of the way he acts and the and the way he handles right. the press and stuff like that, he the would fact, have had
0: the same issues yeah. that Jeremy Pruitt has. The fact but he he's wins.
3: winning, yeah, the fact he's winning, everybody kind of puts up with it, and almost now has become his stick off the field. Oh, it's it's definitely yeah. his
0: stick, no doubt. Uh, anyway, Danny White can. Step in front of a bus right now. For all I care, <laughs> this guy—he—he—he he, he is how not, do you really feel? Let me tell you. <laughs> if you want Tennessee fans to stop being negative, just win. You don't call them out. No. The fans has he not ever seen all Twitter? Because we will put you. Oh yeah. On oh, a plane yeah. out of town tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We will find a way.
2: We got rid of somebody before they even got here. <laughs> Just a few years ago, so
0: I mean. <laughs> anyway. Finally, Atlanta Braves last night. Tough loss um, in the finale of the series, but I think, I think the Bryce Wilson experience is over. I think they didn't even make him available for interviews last night, so I don't think Bryce is going to be making uh, any more appearances, at least in the near future, uh, as – uh, the Braves are looking to bring up uh, – bring some folks off the uh, the injured list, but also potentially looking at bringing in Shane Green from what I'm hearing. So, um, Ozzy Albies, couple hits last night. Riley, Austin Riley has been hotter than a $2 pistol, <laughs> as George Jones would say. <laughs> uh, has been hitting ball like a madman. Madman had an RBI, couple hits and three trips, so a walk, and a run scored. Uh, Bryce Wilson just did not have it, uh, and neither did anybody else. So, tough night for the Braves. They lost 9-3. to three. All right, one time, this day in Braves history, couple of them today, and from 1990, Mark Lempke hits a grounder to second base, baseman Greg Jeffries who lobs the ball to David Cohn. The pitcher covering first base. When umpire Charlie Williams gives the safe sign, the Mets starter completely melts down, begins vehemently arguing the call, oblivious to the fact that two Braves runners were crossing the plate to score.
3: <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh,
0: which I thought was hilarious, so that was a good one. But also today, they won- the Braves won their 19th game of the month with a 12-3 round of the Reds at Synergy Field. And Atlanta's victory established a new major league mark for the most wins in April. We did not mar- match that this month. But David Cohn melting down. <laughs> That's always a good thing for yep. me. Anyway. All right, guys. We've made it through this Friday edition without Maurice Patton, and we are very excited to have him back on Monday. So- Amen. Hope he had a good weekend. Hope he does have a good weekend and enjoys it. Hope he doesn't listen to the podcast because it might ruin his weekend. I don't know. (laughs) But if you want to listen to the podcast, you missed any of today's show, you can do that on our website, sm-tnsports.com. That's sm-tnsports.com. Podcast tab is available. Schedule tab for today's scores and schedule, or for, for today's schedule. Make sure to check it out. For Coach Mike and Andrew Moore, Coach Dickinson from earlier, I am Chris Yao saying, have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.